Before the Fellowship was the greatest story you've never heard. I'm Cameron. I'm Dan. I'm Greg. Join us as we read and react to The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Last time we continued Chapter 20. The enraged Eldar furiously pursued Morgoth's forces to the very gates of Angband. Gwyndor and the elves of Nagathrond burst into Angband but became trapped there, and only Gwyndor escaped. Fingon was beaten back to the plain of Unfoglith, but Turgon and Maedros eventually arrived, and hope was rekindled. Morgoth unleashed his full strength on them. Then Ulfang carried out his treacherous plan and attacked Maedros from the rear. His forces were scattered and the sons of Feanor retreated. Azagal, lord of Belagost, and the dwarves held back Glaurong heroically. Let me reread that. Azagal, lord of Belagost, and the dwarves held back Glaurong heroically. Azagal was defeated but badly wounded the dragon, and the beasts of Angband retreated. Gothmog, lord of Balrogs, and a great army fought against Fingod and Tur Turgon in the west. Fingon faced Gothmog alone and was slain. Huor, Hurin, and the house of Hador fought off the onslaught of Morgoth to give time for Turgon to retreat back to Gondolin. Hurin alone remained and he was taken alive to Angband. Today we conclude chapter 20, beginning on page 195 of the second edition. Great was the triumph of Morgoth, and his design was accomplished in a manner after his own heart. For men took the lives of men and betrayed the Eldar, and fear and hatred were aroused among those that should have been united against him. From that day, the hearts of the elves were estranged from men, save only those of the three houses of the Edain. The realm of Fingon was no more, and the sons of Feanor wandered as leaves before the wind. Their arms were scattered, and their league broken, and they took to a wild and woodland life beneath the feet of Arid Lindon, mingling with the green elves of Osirian bereft of their power and glory of old. In Brethil, some few of the Haladin yet dwelt in the protection of their woods, and Handir, son of Haldir, was their lord. But to Hithlam came back never one of Fingon's host, nor any of the men of Hador's house, nor any tidings of the battle and the fate of their lords. But Morgoth sent thither the Easterlings that had served him, denying them the rich lands of Beleriand, which they coveted. And he shut them in Hithlam, and forbade them to leave it. Such was the reward he gave them for their treachery to Medros, to plunder and harass the old and the women and the children of Hador's people. The remnant of the Eldar of Hithlam were taken to the mines of the north and labored there as thralls, save some that eluded him and escaped into the wilds and the mountains. The orcs and the wolves went freely through all the north, and came ever further southward into Beleriand, even as far as Nantathren, the land of willows, and the borders of Osiriand, and none were safe in field or wild. 
Doriath indeed remained, and the halls of Nagathrand were hidden. But Morgoth gave small heed to them, either because he knew little of them, or because their hour was not yet come in the deep purposes of his malice. Many now fled to the havens and took refuge behind Círdan's walls. And the mariners passed up and down the coast and harried the enemy with swift landings. But in the next year, ere the winter was come, Morgoth sent great strength over Hithlam and Neverest, And they came down the rivers of Brithon and Nenning and ravaged all the Falas and besieged the walls of Brithrombar and Eglarest. Smiths and miners and masters of fire they brought with them, and they set up great engines, and valiantly, though they were resisted, they broke the walls at last. Then the havens were laid in ruin, and the tower of Barad Nimras cast down, and the most part of Círdan's people were slain or enslaved. But some went aboard ship and escaped by sea, and among them was Erinion Gilgalad, the son of Fingon, whom his father had sent to the havens after the Degor Bragalok. This remnant sailed with Círdan south to the Isle of Balar, and they made a refuge for all that could come thither, for they kept a foothold also at the mouths of Sirion, and there many light and swift ships lay hid in the creeks and waters where the reeds were dense as a forest. And when Turgon heard of this, he sent again his messengers to Sirion's mouths and besought the aid of Círdan the shipwright. At the bidding of Turgon, Círdan built seven swift ships and they sailed out into the west. But no tidings of them ever came back to Balar, save of one and the last. The mariners of that ship toiled long in the sea and returning at last in despair, they foundered in a great storm within sight of the coasts of Middle-earth. But one of them was saved by Ulmo from the wrath of Ose, and the waves bore him up and cast him ashore in Nevrast. His name was Varanwe, and he was one of those that Turgon sent forth as messengers from Gondolin. Now the thought of Morgoth dwelt ever upon Turgon, for Turgon had escaped him, of all his foes that one whom he most desired to take or to destroy. And that thought troubled him and marred his victory. For Turgon of the mighty house of Fingolfin was now by right king of all the Noldor. And Morgoth feared and hated the house of Fingolfin because they had the friendship of Ulmo, his foe. And because of the wounds that Fingolfin gave him with his sword. And most of all his kin, Morgoth feared Turgon, for of old in Valinor his eye had lighted upon him, and whenever he drew near a shadow had fallen on his spirit. Foreboding that in some time that yet lay hidden, from Turgon ruin should come to him. Therefore Hurin was brought before Morgoth, for Morgoth knew that he had the friendship of the king of Gondolin. But Hurin defied him and mocked him. Then Morgoth cursed Hurin and Morwen and their offspring and set a doom upon them of darkness and sorrow. 
and taking her in from prison, he set him in a chair of stone upon a high place of Thangoradrim. There he was bound by the power of Morgoth, and Morgoth, standing beside him, cursed him again, and he said, Sit now there, and look out upon the lands where evil and despair shall come upon those whom thou lovest. Thou hast dared to mock me, and to question the power of Melkor, master of the fates of Arda. Therefore with my eyes thou shalt see, and with my ears thou shalt hear, and never shalt thou move from this place until all is fulfilled unto its bitter end. And even so it came to pass, but it is not said that Hurin asked ever of Morgoth either mercy or death for himself or for any of his kin. By the command of Morgoth, the orcs with great labor gathered all the bodies of those who had fallen in the great battle and all their harness and weapons and piled them in a great mound in the midst of Unfoglyph. And it was like a hill that could be seen from afar. Hodhin Dengen, the elves named him, named it the Hill of Slain, and Hodhin Nirneath, the Hill of Tears. But grass came there and grew again long and green upon that hill, alone in all the desert that Morgoth made. And no creature of Morgoth trod thereafter upon the earth, beneath which the swords of the Eldar and the Adain crumbled into rust. <laughs> So in summary, the Eldar come to mistrust men outside the three houses of the Adain. The sons of Feanor are broken and now dwell in the foothills of Arid Linden. The Easterling men are sent to Hithlam where they pillage the remaining people of Hador, who are eventually forced into labor in the north. Morgoth sends forces to Brithrambar and Eglores near the sea and slays the greater part of Círdan's people. Círdan and Gilgalad flee to the mouths of Sirion, and Turgon asks Círdan to make seven ships to send into the west. Only one of these return. Morgoth is angered for allowing Turgon to escape. Morgoth tries in vain to convince Hurin to betray Turgon, but Hurin refuses. Morgoth binds him to a peak of Thangorodrim so that he can see the destruction that will come. A great heap of the slain is formed in Unfoglith, Hodhen and Degen, the hill of the slain. So the thing that struck me is the fact that the orcs are basically just vacationing. They're just like, in all of the north, they're just like taking up camp and just roaming freely. Most of this story, they've been in the subterranean um ung band but now they're they're out in the open that's that was a shock to me <laughs> greg left <laughs> he's gone he was not he's shocked. like he's like i don't want to hear their their reactions i yeah. just i just am here for the book <laughs> do you he have is. vocals greg i'm alive bell greg hey first of all where's bell greg from Oh, it's coming up. Oh, okay. okay. Spoiler. Yeah. So your name is Bell Greg. Yeah. And Dan's name is Nurneath Enoa Dan, unnumbered T's. Unnumbered T's. 
<laughs> Which we had that you know, name, we had that nomenclature. Yeah, that word again. was in here again. Yeah. yeah. Hill and of we tears. learned that near Nayeth is the word for tears. So Hawthorne I know, I know, I know, but you can't near Nayeth can't turn into Dan's name as easily. <laughs> no. Near Daneth, maybe. Near Daneth. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's a bit of a stretch. It's not as good as Cameron. Cameron. Cameron yeah. Turumbar. Yeah, so Greg, what do you think about the the orcs just roaming freely? Hmm. It was a surprise to me because up to this point they've been um, underground. Underground, have they? Or well, just, they've been, they've in been their far away, right? They've been yeah, they've been off and on buns. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's scary times. Is Morgoth? Is this his big moment where he thinks he can? He can take control of Middle Earth. He's been because Angband was like a fortress of secrecy and you know malice and plotting, right. and now it's just all out in the open. Seems like. Well, yeah, this is the one of the lines that stood out to me. This is right at the, from the beginning of the reading, one ninety five. It says, "Great was the triumph of Morgoth, and his design was accomplished in a manner after his own heart. For right. men took the lives of men." And betrayed the Eldar, and fear and hatred were aroused among those who should have, that should have been united against mm. him. So, I, it just reminds me, you know, in any relationship, and I think this is Morgoth. Morgoth knows this. It's so much easier to break things than to build things. You know, it's so much easier to destroy the trust that is had between these people. Yeah, and it takes a lot. It ta- I mean, we've seen it a little bit where these heroic acts, like like when the ships were burned in Lizgar and uh, but then Fingon saves Mithros. It's like that that kind of heroic act was needed to rebuild the trust. But it's so easy to, you know, so distrust and and break it. And I think for Morgoth, it's it's more of a lasting victory because even if they do at some point unite again against him, there's always the threat. Like the, there's always going to be the fear that someone is unfaithful and will betray them that 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 um mistrust between them just lingers that wonder, line is, is really profound the fear and hatred were aroused among those that should have been united against him i mean that's that's something that we experience in this mm. world mm. um and obviously Tolkien's from this world, so he's a he's, he's putting that into this world. But at the same time, um, it's in this world. It's kind of um, by design that that happens. Um, obviously, Tolkien was Catholic, so he believes in the influence of the devil upon people, which is where he'd get that from. But we, yeah, I wonder. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a very profound line. I think. I, I didn't oh. notice it as Cameron was reading it, but Greg, when you just read it, it's like really, really stuck out. Yeah, I'm a little too monotone when I read, I think. Mm. No, but when it's... Greg said it, it had this like sparkle to it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> it took me a while to get through it, through with it. Greg just pointed it out. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me let me point <clears throat> something out. So <clears throat> when when I beautifully read that the 
thought of Morgoth dwelt ever upon Turgon, for Turgon had escaped him. And of all his foes, Turgon was the one who Morgoth desired desired to take or destroy. Why why do you think that is? Why is Turgon the ones that the one that Morgoth most desired to destroy? I'm curious about that. Well, didn't it say it in that paragraph? It said even back in Valinor they didn't like each Greg, other. Greg, why don't you just read the paragraph? <laughs> yeah, maybe Greg, if you read the paragraph, I think it'll make sense. <laughs> <laughs> So is it just uh, they have this past, like they're well, like uh, well, mean says, girls? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it says um, you did, you looked at me weird. <laughs> I put a I wrote you the came words to my club and looked at me weird. Old grudge. No, it's kind of what it is, right? He says whenever he drew near, a shadow had fallen on his spirit. Like yeah, something about Turgon passing by and Morgoth got insecure or something in a shadow. Mm. He's like an insecure teenager, and Turgon's like this big hulking elf jock. he's like elf jock jo- elf jock yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> throwing his football around yeah. and and morgoth just uh Playing hated him he just let that hatred grow in him as elves do we have thangoradrim again we didn't i don't know if we've heard of thangoradrim until since Maedros was a prisoner right I don't think so. I think we heard about it like every chapter since then. Well, Greg, how about you read every chapter? Because we don't remember things when we read them. No, I mean, okay, in in fairness, in fairness, I read every chapter three times because of the behind the scenes stuff. So, or like when I hear it read, it's like the third time I've gone through it. So, so you're the resident expert. Is what I guess. That's right. Um, Which is really that makes it really unfortunate when I say things wrong still, because this will now be. Yeah, that's true. You're the only one with pressure. Maybe you can say like Melkor, "Thou hast dared to mock me and question the power of Greg, master of the fates of before the (laughs) fellowship." (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you're right. We hear about Thangorjum a lot, but it's not. It's not really the setting, is it? Did you do a word count? Right, right, right. No, I looked it's, at the, a, the index in the back. So we're we're on 197. It was also 192, 190, 182, 178. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't remember it because it wasn't like... You're right, you're right. This is the first time they've really... Like someone has been standing up there. Thank like, you, Greg. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. This is but, the first time in a while someone's been standing. Not only on standing up there, like No, he's sitting, up. actually. Yeah, yeah, he's in a, I guess he's stuck up there. Yeah, he's stuck up there in a chair of stone. Well, okay, for me, what, what stood out is just this is it's just capturing how terrible this ruin is. So, Kirdan is like way off by the sea, and he's been pretty far removed. Like, normally, mm. Morgoth's forces, sort of forces don't reach him, but they his people were just wiped out. Um, so that just kind of goes to show how decisive Morgoth's victory is that him and Gilgalad had to flee by ship. And um, I like this little point here that when those, those messengers are sent out into the West, they all pretty much none of them return except for the one who is saved by Ulmo from the wrath of Ose, which we've already heard. I mean, that goes way back to when we talked about Ose being, he used to be 
at one point he sided with Morgoth and he still has this violent side to him. So it just makes you think what other elements of the story have been the influence of the Valar and the my the Meyer, but we just didn't even notice because it wasn't mentioned. Right. We only get some of the legends passed down. That's a good point. But it, it does seem to be that Ulmo is the one that is always nearby at their aid. And but then That's we right. get, you know, Baron and Luthien, you know, at the at the Hall of Mandos and, you know, appeal to Manwe. Um, I'm trying to think if there's been other instances of the Valar. I think they're besides that, they're kind of MIA. Yeah, no, we've had we've had some other interactions. Um I'm trying to remember. I mean, there's some of the uh Valia as well that Yeah, I I can't I can't remember. <clears throat> so so what is happening with Hurin? When he's on Think Origin, exactly. He's like stuck there and has to witness all the evil or something. Morgoth gives him the power to see what he sees and hear what he hears so that he can hear to, all the cries kind of like, and the torture. And, as a form of torture. Yeah. I think her. it might have been more, more explained in the un, unwritten tales or the unfinished tales, whatever they're called. When I read about Turin Turumbar. There is a I, Children of Hurin. Is that what you read? Oh, that might have been it. Yeah. Because that has, that has more detail in it. I th- I, it must. Yeah, I think it does. I remember this being a way he was torturing him by having mm. him see. Like the worst torture is for you to see the suffering inflicted on your family. Mm. And he, he has him hear everything. Hear and see everything. Mm. Like every, every one of his, yeah, you know. Brutal family um that's that's uh i do think that it would be worse to see your own evil like that would be the worst torture to see like your own like the fruit of your own evil deeds oh if you add guilt and shame on top of that yeah 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 yeah. just compounds it this is a heavy reading (laughs) Remember when this was fun? <laughs> Everyone's just I'm, dying. Yeah. I'm glad this one was short, though, because, I mean, hopefully we're going to get onto brighter uh, futures, right? Yeah, Greg? let's just get on to when Greg reads. Yeah. Well, let's just get to that point. So if you like what you hear, <laughs> go ahead and rate us three Silmarils out of three. Follow us everywhere at Before the Fellowship. Join the discussion on Discord and send any comments or questions to beforethefellowship at gmail.com. Join us next week as we read the greatest story you've never heard, Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Any last insights, Greg? <laughs> any any interesting things uh, that me and Dan don't know? I don't think so. Okay. I mean. All right. That's it. That's okay. it. All right.